Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. Hello, everyone. So, (laughs) I get very embarrassed when I start podcasting now because it's been one of those years and I don't think I've uploaded consistently properly in the last maybe six months of my life. I've had this podcast for three years and I have never missed a week. And now my schedule is just like all over the place. And I just feel like I'm failing at life. Lucky for me, lucky for me, I have the queen of being not aspirational, Hannah Brown. So hopefully she's going to make me feel better about this situation. My friend, Hannah Brown. How are you? (laughs) The only Hannah Brown you should ever care about, by the way. Oh my God. Deanna, it is truly such a blessing and an honor to be here. I'm thrilled (laughs) to be here with you. Also like, holy fuck, you never missed a week in three years. That is like commendable. And also like, no shit, you need a break now. I know. Have you ever missed? Like, I, I feel like you were pretty consistent all this time. I'm pretty consistent. But like, I remember last year during the holiday season, I was working two jobs and I like, I really realized this year that I'm like terrible at boundary making. And so that's been like a big 2020 project is to get better at boundary making. But I remember like I was totally burning out at both of my jobs and a week came where I was supposed to do a podcast episode and I like got on my Instagram story, like fully crying, like Bethany Frankel when her dog died all over my Instagram. Instagram story, just like crying like a messy bitch being like, guys, I'm really doing my best, but I can't put out an episode this week. And everyone was so nice. And they're like, do you girl do you? Uh, see, that's so funny because I didn't see that story. And I never thought you'd be the girl to start crying on your stories. Oh, my God. I think I did. Or I, I don't I remember crying while I posted to my Instagram story, like informing people, like making the executive decision to skip a week. And I can't remember if I did it filming myself or if I was crying while I typed out like a long like emotional paragraph um, right. like a black screen which is like a mood for sure it's so dark but can I just yeah. say <laughs> I always apologize for not posting like regularly especially recently but mm-hmm. the truth is I don't think anybody gives a shit yeah no shade <laughs> like I don't think anyone does either my numbers yeah. like are not great it's fine. But I have my numbers have gone down. No, okay, not podcasting wise, but on Instagram, oh. my numbers have been terrible because I'm no longer in LA, like, you know, parading around LA in like little skimpy outfits. And I just feel like now I'm just in London rain and no one gives a fuck about what I post on Instagram. Oh my God, I give a fuck. I really do. <laughs> not living in LA has fucked up my algorithm. How funny is you that? You went from being Amanda in the holiday to Iris in the holiday. I don't even know what the holiday is, but you've never seen the holiday. No, my God, Deanna, that is your homework. You have to go watch the movie, the holiday. It's with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet and they swap. I'd like to think I'm above not caring about my Instagram algorithm, but I don't think I like, I didn't care when everything was fine, but now Mm -hmm. that everything's gone to shit, it's really kind of bruised my ego. Hey, but like that statement right there is so self-aware and like we stand a self-aware queen, I have to say. I mean, I was thinking like a few months ago when my Dorinda video did really well, I remember like looking to my boyfriend and being like, I want to swipe up by 2021. Like I want to get to 10K. And then like now a few months later, I, I mean, I didn't. (laughs) 
because I didn't because I don't like making videos enough to do it like every day. Like I have to be in a mood and that mood comes like once in a blue moon. Yeah. But like I'm also like I wanted to swipe up in 10K so that I like for my ego, like so that I could say I had to swipe up in 10K, not because like it actually is going to change the quality of my life at all. And so I just like no longer yeah. care. Everything <laughs> about what we do is just egocentric. Like yeah. everything I do is tr- is feeding my ego. There's no mm-hmm. there's no way around it. Like, do you think I enjoy spending 3000 hours editing a fucking podcast episode? No. Do you think I enjoy reaching out to motherfuckers that in reality, I don't give all that much mm-hmm. of a fuck about? No. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy the interview process, but that's like 20 minutes out of like a whole week of just like doing shit I don't want to do. Why do you think I'm doing it? For the ego. Let's yeah. not lie. I'm doing it for the ego. Oh, for sure. I'm like, I'm I'm podcasting for free. I don't make money off of this. It's a labor of love. It's ego driven. Um, before we get into the episode, which Hannah, let's clarify the podcasting name situation. Yes. Because, let's do it. Yeah, I got this message on my Facebook group that says, Love the play on your name, because as you guys know, my podcast is now called Aspirational. Mm-hmm not a self-help podcast. Um, <laughs> but to say it out loud made me think of the not aspirational podcast used to be brown eyed unicorn. So dun, dun, let's dun. inform the listeners and kind of explain why we decided to both change our podcast names and maybe kind of explain what your podcast is more about now, what mine is more about now so that people know what they're going into a podcast for. Yes. Let's clarify the situation. Oh my God. Would love to. So mine, I rebranded like end of May, but I hatched the idea to rebrand like last January because I was like, I just, my podcast is feeling stale. I don't like my logo. I don't like my intro music. I don't, I just didn't really feel like me anymore. And I also felt like it was kind of misleading because it led people to think I was some like super Jew or it was a podcast about Judaism. And like, while it was a fun play on words, it like didn't really speak to what I wanted to talk about. And when I was figuring out like what my new name was going to be, I kept being like, God, I'm just not aspirational. And I just kept saying that about myself. Like it was like this epic failing. And then I was like, but maybe I should just like lean the fuck in because I've tried and I'm not aspirational. So like, I'm going to make that uh, my brand now is to just like show up authentically as myself um, in a flawed way. And it's been a freeing process. So now my podcast, it used to be Bravo recaps. I really don't give a shit about Bravo as much as I used to. So now it's more just like interview style episodes where I ask people about themselves and then like weave pop culture into the conversation. Right. So that's very interesting because um, we kind of started from the same place where we mm-hmm. both kind of had like cheeky names. This is the thing. The minute I started my podcast, I always hated the name. But because I didn't really have like a name for myself in the podcasting world, I thought, you know what? This will resonate with people because everyone knows me girls. But then as things, you know, progressed, I was like, I'm just not basic enough to like rely right on the back of like an outdated movie. You know, there's a big part of my platform that focuses on like self-care and my tips. I'm known for my tips. Like even my friends, I'm just the tip girl. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone's like, Deanna, I need a link for this. Deanna, I'm redecorating my home. I need a link. This probably means I don't have a fucking life, but I always just have the recommendation. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to tie both of those things in. But Mm -hmm. despite me having all the links and all the recommendations, you know, my life is still a big, massive comedic shit show. Like mm-hmm. all the things that you'd never expect would happen to me always fucking happen to me. 
I don't know how to explain it, but I just think that at this point in my podcasting career, let's call it a career, shall we? Career. No, I, I think it is a career. <laughs> let's call it a career. Um, at this point, I just feel like I'm Diana Espia. People mm-hmm. know what you're getting out of Diana Espia. You're getting the TV shit and you're getting the self-care recommendations. I am just aspirational. I don't know how to explain. It's just, it works with my name and there's no real intention behind it other than it's my name. Um, that's that on that. And also <laughs> we, we talked about it before yes. it even existed. You were like, Hey, I'm thinking of changing my name to this. It's kind of similar to yours. Are you cool with that? And I was like, no, it, I'm fine with it. And then you did it. Yeah. 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 So, um, to all the people who are confused, I did reach out to Hannah beforehand. We met a couple times and we've been chatting on Instagram. We collaborated mm-hmm. so many times and we're like friends at this point. So, you know, it was despite me being the, a savage person, like my commentary is savage. I still respect the people in the space enough, you know, to if something sounds similar or if I have the same guest as someone, I always just double check to make sure it has nothing to do with being not aspirational because I would like to be aspirational. I think I think of you as aspirational, though, and aspirational. Like you put that like pink cloud filter on things sometimes and everything looks really pretty on your grid. That's so cute. But you do realize I'm not right I mean, like, kind of, but like, I I don't know. I'm not fully convinced. I think of you as an aspirational person. No, because I lie on Instagram. Like, my Instagram is not like yours. Mine's a lie. It's a full-blown lie. (laughs) But with that lie, I'm like, this is how you can live this lie. Link to Amazon. Like, that's how I roll. Yes, yes. It's like I'm letting you, like, peek behind the curtain. But also, I feel like you're you're someone who's, like, good with aesthetics. Like, and I feel like you genuinely enjoy them. Whether it's, like putting together a pretty image on your grid of like what you're doing or like putting an outfit together. Like that's like genuinely just like authentically who you are. So I don't feel, I don't feel like in that way your grid's alive because it's, it's just, it comes naturally to you. It comes naturally, but it doesn't mean that's what my life looks like. Right. Right. So this is what I mean. So you've given my podcast a new meaning. So, you know, I'm not aspirational because Mm -hmm. I can make shit look that way, but, but they don't look that way. So I'm, aspirational right because you're owning that even though it looks pretty it's not that's not what your life looks like 100% of the time exactly but I don't tell people what my life actually looks like all the time so I'm like a liar <laughs> I'm a lie but that's cool I'm okay I'm you know I'm self-aware about it I'm up front yeah I'm upfront about it but I do let people know like when a photo is filtered I'm like yeah that was like five filters but then I don't show them the before and after oh my god but why would you I see I'm like <laughs> I'm not good at like I'll filter things. I'm not good at like editing photos. And I think for me, it mostly just comes from like a deeply ingrained laziness. Like I don't care enough to make myself look perfect on Instagram, but then I see other people's feeds and I never register that they might've edited a photo. I'm like, wow, that person is so stunning. But this is the Kardashians, Chloe, but I, I don't (laughs) edit. I don't like Photoshop, I don't edit. Just I just filter. Filter. Mm-hmm. filter. There is a difference. But you know what? Filters can really, really like boost things for you. Like if you oh up the oranges, you look more tan. Like there's mm-hmm. ways to do shit that doesn't require like a full blown Photoshop situation. So it's all for about sure. the tweaks for me. It's all about the presets, it's all about the tweaks. I like an aesthetic. You know, my whole place right now is only just Amazon shit, but it looks like I got all this designer 
I just love aesthetics. I oh don't know God. why. Will you post pictures of your place or just like show me in the DMs? Cause I want to see it. So there's actually a story highlight called London <gasps> home, which oh shows you kind of the progress of shit. I can't wait. To I think it's the first one on it. my page. Yeah. Okay, Deanna, see, I need to stalk. Yeah. Stalk. It's called L- London home. So it shows you like the actual process of like <gasps> me doing shit. Oh my God. This is going to be so soothing to watch. It's oh actually, gosh. yeah, a lot of aesthetic Pink stuff. cloud filter. What did I tell you? You make it look so cute. Uh, <sighs> I need to like send you some of my presets. If you're ever too lazy to like wear makeup, you can just like preset yourself. I'm always too lazy to wear makeup. I did put it on today also because I'm very hungover, as I explained before we got on the mic. And I was like, I need a little something today. So do I. I'm actually having the worst fucking day. The highlight of my day is having you on the podcast. Let me tell you. Oh, blessed. Don't we all have validation? uh, Can I ask too, are you like, are you naturally this tan or is it like a, is it a fake tan? It's a fake tan. (laughs) It looks so real. I'm I'm living the lie. Why did you, why, why would you even ask that question? It's all like, I know you're in England, Look, this is my color. What do you use? You know what? Actually, I'm going to give my uh, thank you. Now, tip of the week. I never told anybody that because I'm such a good friend. Ah, uh, here we uh, are. What a segue. <laughs> we are professionals. It's all the new podcasters that are just like jumping on the train, getting better number, numbers than us. We yeah. are the pros. We are the professionals. Um, my tip of the week, as we spoke about off the mic, is don't wash your hair. I wash my hair literally once a week. And instead of dry shampoo, if it gets a little greasy, like in the back towards my roots, I'll use a little bit of baby powder, pat it in and move on with my day. So it's a very not not aspirational um, tip of the week. But Mm -hmm. this is a thing that Hannah is not telling you guys because she's a bit too modest. I actually (laughs) commented on her hair and told her her hair looked amazing. What have you done to it? She was like literally not washing it. So it clearly works. It's a good tip. Thank you. Yes. You know, it's again, it goes back to that whole being lazy thing. It's like I'm vain, but I'm also lazy at the same time. So it's like, how can I look decent and do the bare minimum? Vazy. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that word. Vazy AF. But I'm vazy in a different way. Like I'm groomed to the max, but you'll never Mm -hmm. see me wear anything other than PJs. You always look like really pretty in like a sports bra and leggings. That's so sweet of you. But I would like, I would never think that like your vibe is like, you always look put together, but not in like a fussy way. Mm-mm. If that makes sense. No. So even if I get my hair done, for example, at the hairdressers that, you know, they try to give you this like blowout with the curls. I'm like, uh, 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 make it look like I have not been to the hairdressers. So it oh, also, yes. it, you know, it has to look very natural and messy and not put together. Mm-hmm. But really it is. So again, living the lie, you, you get the pattern. There's a clear pattern here of me just like <laughs> lying. <laughs> um, my tip of the week, since you asked, it was going to be something else, but you know what? Who doesn't love a great self-tan recommendation? Let me tell yes. you something. I live in London. It's fucking miserable. Like, I, don't get me wrong. It's a great city, but we're back in lockdown. Mm-hmm. The guys are pussies. You know how I always complained about dating in LA that the guys were yes. assholes in LA? They're fucking mm-hmm. pussies in London. So I don't know what's mm-hmm. worse. Pretty shitty. There's kind of like a negative vibe here. Like people are very judgy. Like, you know, in LA, you start a podcast and everyone's like, oh my gosh, amazing. What is it about? If you're not successful in London, you're stupid. This is oh, the thing. I would never last. 
no, no, it's actually, and you know, I, I've had comments of people saying you're too edgy for London. You're too LA for London. Like you, you're not your true self when you're in London. And I was like, you know what? You know what? I have the solution. I'm going to self tan because I, Diana Espier, may have been deported from the United States. Mm-hmm. And if people get offended at the deportation joke, please take a chamomile tea, take a breather and shut the fuck up. Because like, if I can't make a joke about this, what can I make a fucking joke about? I decided to teleport LA Diana to London and just do the same shit that I was doing in LA, but in London. So yeah, skinny tan, skinny tan. It's amazing. So what happens is you leave it on for an hour and you get like a light color. You leave it for two hours. It's a medium. You leave it for three hours. It's a dark. They also have a serum, like an anti-aging serum for the face. So, you know, you have the mousse for the body, you have the serum, and then you have like a little mitt for the face. And, you know, instead of exfoliating before with like a scrub that doesn't fucking work, they give you like an exfoliating mitt. So it never gets patchy. My cousin gave me this tip because she's so pale and she's lived in London for her whole life. And this is how she has color Mm -hmm. without a single ray of sun. We have not seen one in the last like week. So there you go. Oh my God. Skinny tan. Okay. This is honestly like incredible Intel because I have tried everything I've done. Yeah. Bali body Ulta, uh, that Australian one Bondi uh, sands, Bondi sands. And then I was a San Tropez person for a while and none of them like, just none of them really stayed on long enough or applied the way I wanted them to. Well, the, the um, thing, the problem with them is it, it's such an effort to get a week, like a week worth of tan. Like mm-hmm. you leave it on for eight hours. Your whole day is basically ruined. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you know, you can just leave it on for an hour while you're doing emails and then you're mm-hmm. good. So it's not such a hassle to do it again. Right. Um, and it doesn't like become patchy. It just like dissolves naturally very like uniform and it doesn't go on your bed sheets as well. So I, I, I actually wow. highly recommend this is probably my best recommendation f- for, for the whole year. Oh my God. I'm so excited to order after this. Like, I'm serious. I've been in the market for a new self tanner and like I'm ghostly pale right now because I haven't found one I liked. Hannah, let's talk about some pop culture things because yes, you you said that you're no longer super interested in Bravo. Why is that? Because I kind of feel the same way and I don't know if it's because of the C word, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I want to know your take on like not giving a fuck about Bravo as much. Yeah. Anymore. You know, it, it was like this year after a lockdown started, I felt my brain just sort of like stop caring. And there are still franchises that like I will keep up with no matter what, like Potomac, Jersey or not Jersey. What am I saying? Um, I'm rewatching Jersey, New York. Uh, so Potomac, New York, Beverly Hills, I'll always watch and Vanderpump Rules. If it's on, I'll always watch that, too. But like, right. those are the shows that I'm the most into. I haven't. And I think I'm caught up on Summer House now, too. But like, I just don't get that, like, excited, like elation when it comes to Bravo that I used to. Yeah. And like, even though I'm loving Salt Lake City and stuff, too, I just like. Yeah, I kind of just I don't know when things are on anymore. I just like watch it when I watch it. Same. I don't know what the fuck happened. Like a lot of people are saying that as well. And I don't know if it's because of COVID, but this is why I was trying to make you watch the OC, the last Mm -hmm. episode, because I don't know what it is. OC has become so fucking stale and so fucking boring, just like every Mm -hmm. other Bravo show. I mean, I don't watch Potomac, Atlanta and New York, but I've actually just started watching Atlanta, but I'm not knowledgeable Mm -hmm. enough to be able to talk about it. Watching the ladies go through COVID kind of made me like reality TV again. So I'm just Mm. thinking 
the the unrelatability of it all probably gets a bit irritating. I think that's why no one likes the Kardashians anymore. Everyone's getting pissed off with them. I want to see how they struggle with situations that I would struggle with in their own lives. Do you know mm. what I mean? And I feel I totally like- get that. Yeah. But I mean, it's it is interesting because I totally get the argument you just made to like, oh, it's relatable because we're all going through it at the same time. So how do these like heightened like personalities, these like larger, larger than life TV personalities deal with something that we're all dealing with. That is like fascinating. Yeah. I also like, I think that for me, especially watching like the OC housewives, it was like stressing me out because like, we know that Kelly Dodd like doesn't give a shit. I I think that Elizabeth girl didn't really seem like she gave a shit either. And I, I think I was just like, triggered by like Claude Orange County like I just fucking can't with some of these people yeah so I just got like mad (laughs) but you know what you know people say to us like it's not relatable watching a Kardashian on a private jet no it is not but it is relatable watching a Kardashian on a private jet arguing with their sister totally although they are on a private jet I would argue with my sister on the plane all these reality TV shows, especially The Bachelorette, even though they are doing it during COVID, mm-hmm. I cannot relate to The Bachelorette right now. And it's fucking pissing me off because mm. I can't date. I can't fucking kiss a guy. And ah, so it just, yes, that makes sense. So you're just annoyed. I'm annoyed. And you know what? I'm like, I like to think that I'm in my prime. I think you are. No, but I'm probably not. But I, I just tell myself that, you know, when a lady, a single lady in her prime is watching fucking Claire not explore all her options and get the fuck out with motherfucking Dale, 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 Dale. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I hear from the episodes. It right. makes me angry. It makes me angry and it ma- like it really bugs me. So like, I know that the OC housewives are annoying as shit. When I see Bronwyn complaining about my house and it's so big in my kitchen, like people don't have a fucking house to quarantine in. But... Mm-hmm. I still feel for her despite her being way more privileged than I am. I still feel for her because I'm like, whoa, your marriage is going to shit. Whoa. You have to deal with, you know, your addiction problem. Seven kids that you just had to like distract yourself from your love for for alcohol. Now you're like stuck with your decision that you made and you have to deal with it. It kind of soothed me watching it. I don't know why. Something about it was very soothing to me. Yeah, it's like you were grounded by the fact that it was like chaotic and relatable because it's like, oh, my life and not just yours. Like, I think all of our lives feel chaotic in their own ways right now. So to see other people go through it is less of an isolating feeling than seeing like hot people make out in a pool on The Bachelorette during a pandemic. So triggering. What are your thoughts on Tasha? I really like Tasha. I was so pleased to see Claire leave. I did not like Claire. I found her to be very insufferable. Um, I thought Tasha was a breath of fresh air. And I, I will say too, when Claire was on, I didn't really notice what a good group she had because we only ever really saw her with Dale. And now these like final few guys are just like so wonderful. And I caught up this morning on last night's episode and I like have never cried watching someone be eliminated but this week like I cried and granted again I'm hungover so I'm very raw today yeah but um but it's emotional they're good guys and they're, they've all been very like 
vulnerable and open on the show. And I think it's been really sweet to see them connect with Tasha over like these like honest, real things. I know that the show kind of fell short with like travel and like exciting things to do, you know, for the viewer mm-hmm. to watch. But I actually think it was one of the most interesting seasons to watch because that, you know, their little dates and things were so fucking bullshit. But mm-hmm. you can tell that all these people, although they are allowed to do things that we can't do, have been so affected by COVID and yeah. lockdown because they are so honest and so open. And I feel like these motherfuckers would have not been that way if they were just like living their lives and being like, I'm on The Bachelor now. Right? You know, they really have to make the most of it because when they go home, they're probably going to have to go back to fucking quarantine. Not just quarantine, but like their house <laughs> with their annoying, yeah. you know, roommates or like yeah. their two dirty dogs. Like it's not going to be the bachelorette resort anymore, my friend. No, so, you know, you really feel like you have to leave the La Quinta. La Quinta, that's what it is. So, you know, the, the other series, you know, the guys are kind of there and they're like, I'm going to leave with Instagram followers and I'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And now these guys are like, if I leave, first of all, I don't get to hook up with someone and it probably will be a while until I hook up with someone. Number right. two, what the fuck am I going to do? And you can see them just it kind of brings back that competition element that we could see in older in older series when mm-hmm. Instagram wasn't a thing and people just were like they were in it to win it, you know? And I feel yes. like these guys are like in it to win it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm like truly like, I have no idea who she's going to pick. And I refuse to look on reality, Steve, because I like finding out in real time. Um, but I'm like, I'm going to be sad for anyone who like for the guys who get eliminated. Although I always get excited for bachelor in paradise. Like I'm like, who's going to end up. You Fuck, know, marry, kill all the guys from the bachelorette. Oh, my God. The remaining ones. Uh, I don't know who they are, but yeah, carry on. OK, uh, well, OK, well, hometown. Yeah, the was... remaining ones. I know who they are anyway. Yeah. Do you know who got eliminated last night? No, but just tell me fuck, marry, kill with the ones okay. that are left. OK, I would. Um, let's see. Out of the remaining guys, I would probably fuck Ben, marry Ivan kill zach and brendan i think okay, who's his name's ben? brendan ben is like he's the like big kind of jock looking guy from venice venice bodybuilder who was who, bodybuilder who had yeah. yeah who had an eating disorder yeah um i would definitely sleep with him but i would marry ivan because he just has like big like hubby energy he's who's just ivan? So sweet. he is um he has a brother who went to prison and he opened up about that last week and they bonded over you know racism yeah. in america and yeah um and then zach i think was a recovering addict yes and then, and then i think his name's brendan i always forget this guy but he's just like a i don't oh and he was married he was married oh, so i would marry him for sure mm-hmm. i would fuck um zach and i would kill i would kill everyone else <laughs> <laughs> ben and Ivan, not for you. Nah, I just, you know what? I have a thing with the victims. This is probably mm. why I love living a lie because my biggest fear in the world is being a victim. So, like, if wow. I ever see someone look at me like, oh, like I'm a victim, I'm like, no, no, no. Spray yeah, tan, it pisses you off. hair extension. Yeah. No, we're fine. <laughs> but uh, wow. I, yeah, yeah no. I'm like, that's something to unpack, but we'll do it another time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Un- let's unpack. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot to unpack there. Like, no, but I feel that. Do you want I think woo-woo me? Yeah, right. Oh, you know, I love my woo-woo. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I think, but I get that. I think like people feeling sorry for you 
and not even just you, like the proverbial you. I mean, I do think it it makes you feel weak or it may, feeling like people see you as weak or as like damaged or whatever is frustrating. So then you feel like you have to overcompensate by like being strong and being funny and deflecting from yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like when people look at me with pity, I just need to prove them wrong. And I need to show mm. them that they are the ones I feel sorry for. That like resonates with me a lot. I mean, like, yeah, I think it does. It's scary to feel like you're the weakest one in a situation. Like, yeah. and cause it feels very vulnerable and it almost feels like it like makes you like a target in a weird way. So yeah. it's like, well, then if I am never vulnerable, if I never let my walls down, then no one can ever really like fuck with me. Whereas like if people see me as like a weak person, they might like come for me. Yeah. And that's scary. Why would you want someone to come for you? Do you love it how I try to make this like pop culture and we just end up talking about old deep woo-woo shit? I love it. You don't even need to ask me twice. I feel like 2020, like I'm not, I, I'm not going to like go on a tangent here, but like 2020, I have unpacked so much of my own baggage and shit, even from like two months ago that I'm like, whoa. So I'm, well, okay, I'm give me top it. three things that you've unpacked. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I, okay. So I unpacked, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but like how much of my, um, what I thought were like authentic wants and desires were literally just like ego driven because I wanted to be externally validated. Um, I also realized there was like a big phase of my life where I did a lot of like reckless shit that even though at the time I saw myself as a victim of my circumstances, cause my mom was sick. I also did a lot of shit that like hurt a lot of people while I tried to cope because I was just like a mess all the time. And I it was like that, like hurt people, hurt people expression where I just like took my shit out on everyone and like raged out. It was kind of like this season of Vanderpump Rules where Lala was like really mean to Billy after her dad died. Like I was like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. So I realized like, whoa, shit, that was a hard time. And I remember at the time I was like, everyone's so mean to me and no one understands me. And it's like, well, I was like raging out on people because I was fucking mad that my mom was sick. Can I just say that's a shitload to unpack to compare yourself yeah. to Lala. <laughs> It was. I was like, I remember watching that season and getting so frustrated with her. And I'm like, I'm probably getting frustrated with her because I see myself in like everything she's doing right now. I mean, like the the shit she said when she was mad, calling Raquel a Bambi eyed bitch. Like what I felt a that. dreadful thing to recognize. I know. I know. But it's also like you can't like cope with it and know that you have work to do on something until you recognize it. So once I recognized it, it was actually like exciting because like a bunch of it was like the pieces were shifting into place. And I was like, whoa, I clearly can look back on myself and be like, I did not like that version of myself. And while I forgive her for like being a fucking disaster, I also like no longer want to be that person, you know? And what's your third thing? What's my third thing? Yeah. Uh, not to wash my hair. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> That's my, a good one. My third thing that I unpacked. Um, oh, that um, that sometimes like when I'm in an argument, um, I will sometimes I argue in an immature way where I'll like bring something from the past up instead of just like taking accountability for like what I did to upset the other person. Right. Um, and so I've gotten better at just like sitting and listening and instead of being like, well, yeah, but just owning what I did wrong. Hannah, I don't know what's the time. Such a fucking terrible person. I'm the person They're who's not. like, I'm, I'm the yeah, I'm the yeah, but person. Like if someone's pissed off with me, there's an excuse as to why it's their problem and not mine. <laughs> Well, but it's probably because because admitting that you're wrong feels vulnerable and it feels weak. And then that goes back to like, I don't want people to feel sorry for me kind of thing. You know what I mean? OK, Hannah, give me a woo moment. Why are people afraid <laughs> of being vulnerable? 
I think people are afraid of being vulnerable because uh, it's like, I mean, I think a lot of it's like societal programming, but I think like, I maybe to some degree, it's also biological. I haven't done research on this, but I mean, think about it. It's like the whole like survival of the fittest thing. And it's like, if you let yourself be vulnerable, if you show people that like you actually, if you ask for help, if you, you know, then you expose yourself to more shit. Right. Potentially. Or You're like, in like risky territory. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just tell you something? I'm sick and yeah. tired of talking about dating on this podcast. Sure. How's your relationship going? It's good. But I mean, this year has been, we've unpacked a lot of shit too. I mean, really? like part of why I know I'm a shitty arguer sometimes is because I moved in with my boyfriend during a pandemic. Yeah. I saw that. that like, cause mm -hmm. a lot of relationships are going to shits. Do you feel like you were close or do you feel like you're still going strong we don't fight a lot and when we do it's like really annoying fights that like we circle the drain and so like we're working on our communication skills like right now yeah um and you know so it's you know it's been like a it's definitely been a process but like i feel my biggest thing was i hadn't dated people in the past who um i felt comfortable making boundaries with like I, you know, if I needed a night to myself or a night out with my friends, some of my exes were very like threatened by that or like insecure. Um, so with Jake living in the same house and saying like, I need to take a night to like go alone and like watch a chick flick and like do a face mask, like, please don't come in and don't bother me. That's like, it was like really scary for me to do that for a while. Cause in my mind, like I was remembering all my old relationships being like, Oh, that's going to make him feel like rejected and he's going to get mad at me. And then it's going to be this whole thing. But like, that's actually not the case it's not a big deal you have to yeah. talk about how you communicate yeah and like and that's the thing is like if he said like hey i want to go watch like an action movie that i know you're gonna hate alone in the bedroom like it's not like it would make me cry so i don't know why i was so worried about it but it's like you have to make healthy boundaries because otherwise you can't show up for anybody at a hundred percent if you're not showing up for yourself you burn out i feel like you've become better at being assertive Oh my God. That's, that's been one of my biggest things. It's that's like making, making boundaries in a way that's like not, cause in my mind, I thought making boundaries was raging out like la la people and being like, you're not going to fuck with me and blah, 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 blah. And that doesn't actually align with who I am at all. So I was like, Oh, I can be assertive, but not like mean and confrontational. That's been a really exciting thing as I've worked on being a better communicator is like, it's so easy to project like your own insecurities and your own fears about yourself onto someone else. And you're like, oh, they're going to like, I have this, all this insecurity about rejection. This idea that like people will reject me um, if I fully show up as myself. And so then when you do that and then it, you don't get rejected, it's like a very expansive, like exciting thing. It's I have healthy. a deep fear of rejection. Yeah. I got rejected like a day ago and I literally like, I think I broke my iPad because of it. Ew. Was it on an app or something? No, 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 not on an app. But like, can I just tell you something, Hannah? Yeah. I, I know I'm going to sound like an arsehole, but okay. I've rarely been rejected in my life and not because I'm like an amazing person because I don't put myself in situations where I, where I can be rejected. And I, but, I appreciate that honesty. And I think, I mean, I think being rejected does fucking suck in any way. I mean, like, and I think especially this time of year, which is so isolating, if you're talking to someone and then they don't want to keep talking to you, that it's like it's going to hit harder because it's not like normal where you could just like go out with your friends and grab a drink and like put on a cute outfit and just like start the process all over again. You're like sitting at home with your thoughts and like that fucking sucks. Also, it hurts so much more when you like kind of settled for someone mm -hmm. because you're bored. I hate that so much. Like when that <laughs> happens, you're like, wait a minute. 
I get to decide when this is over. It's like less bring it back to the ego stuff. It's like less about the guy. It's, it's less 100% about, like, the fact about my he, ego. Yeah. It's like, it's not that he was the best guy. It's that like, you didn't get to end it. Whatever. I, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying it's all about ego. Like that. What hurts more is my ego. I mean, I think if you're aware of that though, then like, the next person you date or talk to, like you can, you can and like should set the bar higher because I think if you settle for someone, you're like preemptively self-sabotaging because you're basically saying like, yeah, I'm this selling guy- myself short. Yeah, then exactly. They'll see you as a piece of shit because you've treated yourself as a piece of shit. Well, cause it, yeah. Cause it's like, if I, if I date what I call dating down, like if I date down, then like I don't have as much to lose. Whereas if I like lay my heart on the line for like the guy of my dreams and then he turns me down, that's going to like fucking ruin my life. So I'm just going to date these like mediocre people who like don't actually give me what I need. Yeah. And uh, and from mediocre people, you get mediocre results. And so, you know, I, I get all these people who tell me about this guy that upset them during COVID. And I think it's people settling, dating down and self-sabotaging because, you know, as we said, out of mediocre people comes mediocre results right but also but also, also beware of the covid fuck boy because he is more emotionally in tune he's been quarantining mm-hmm. he is a little bit more strategic because there's no going out to bars and hooking up with random chicks anymore mm-hmm. and so just beware of him that's what that's interesting all I'm say. yeah because I, I so get what you're saying so what you're saying is like it's you don't think of it as settling at first at first you're like oh my god I'm demanding what I deserve out of this great guy who's doing all these nice things for me and then something flips and then you're like wait he was a fuck boy this whole time I'm not saying that my situation was that but I've just come from talking to people and from like observing and even on the bachelor you know I see a lot of COVID fuck boys I see a lot of guys who are like Mm -hmm. I'm so emotionally in tune and Beware of it. That's all I'm going to say, girls, guys, whoever the fuck is listening. I have no idea. I don't check my analytics. But... <laughs> <laughs> who who are my listeners? I don't yeah, know. Who are you? Who are you out there? <laughs> Do you know your listeners? That's so true. Um, no, I don't really check my <laughs> analytics either, mostly because like ignorance is bliss. And again, going back to ego stuff, like I don't need to know that like two people listen, like that'll just make me <laughs> sad. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep doing it. You know what I was like on Instagram today? A couple of you have been asking, like literally, I'm, I'm not lying, like three people asked. Oh my God, yes. I, I always <laughs> yes. say that. I'm like, hey, so you guys have been asking me like what I use for X, Y, and it's like two people. But let me just say something to all the people throwing shade at, you know, people like us saying so many of you have been asking, Mm -hmm. saying so many of you have been asking is like a two second sentence responding separately to two different people is a 15 minute situation. So excuse me for saving time. That's a good point. It's it's called efficiency. A little, what do you call it? Hyperbole, whatever you call Hyperbole, it. Hyperbole, yeah. Yeah, like so many of you, instead of like three, many of yeah. you have been asking, never hurt nobody, okay? That's true. Yeah, it's really, it doesn't change. It's not like you're lying. It doesn't change the narrative. You know, so many of you could mean two people. So many <laughs> yeah. of you could mean 10,000 people. Because you know what? One person means so much that two people, three people is so many of you. Yes, yes. And you're still acknowledging them and answering the question. Giving exactly. them tips of the week. Exactly. Need. Uh, <sighs> this was just a lovely episode, Hannah. It really it suits really my was. soul. <laughs> 
too. I'm like, it was part therapy session. It was part pop culture. It was like truly part, part beauty aesthetics. It's literally everything I could ever want. And I'm so excited to look at your London home highlight. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this episode. Um, can you please tell everyone where they can find you share all the details? Oh my God. Yes. Deanna, thank you so, so much for having me. It was a true joy. Um, and y'all can follow me at Hannah A. Brown. The A is important. Otherwise you'll get the other one. Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Hannah A. Brown zero on TikTok. I dabble. I'm not like a TikToker per se. And then check out my podcast, Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah.